Are we doing this? Really? Wait for it. Are we doing this? Wait for it. Ow! What the fuck? WTF. And it's also, eh, what the fuck? What's wrong with me? It's time for WTF. What the fuck? With Mark Marin. Okay, let's do this. Are we doing this? Come on, let's do it. Can we? Oh, fuck. How are you, what the fuckers? What the fuck, buddies? What the fucking ears? What the fuck, Nicks? What the fucking knots is back. How are you? How is everything? I am okay. I am Mark Marin. This is WTF. Thank you for joining me. I'm out in my garage. It's early here. It's early for anybody, really. I, I know that some of you wake up at, at ungodly hours, but I was up at 6.30. I'm in the garage. It's about 7.30, and I'm, and I'm doing this. And this is I don't understand this. I just got back from Cincinnati. You know, maybe I'm getting ahead of myself. Hold on. I don't want to be confused. Pow! Oh, I just, wait. Yeah, I just shit my pants. That's justcoffee.coop. It'll do that. It's that good. Justcoffee.coop, available at wtfpod.com. How's that for a hands-on plug? Seconds into the show. I'm going to San Francisco tonight. It's uh, that you should come see. I would. I hope you come. I'm going to be at the Punchline tonight. That's Thursday, the, uh, the 11th, and the 12th, and the 13th. And then on Monday, I'm in Pontiac, Michigan, which I know nothing about. I got one email that said, hey, out of all the suburbs of Detroit, dude, that one, I hope you don't get murdered. Thanks for the heads up, buddy. Nothing makes me feel uh, more safe and excited for a show than to know that I'll be traveling alone, staying at a hotel. I'm not sure what neighborhood it's in and that I might get murdered. I, I appreciate that. That might bring a little something to the performance. Uh, that's all I need is more fear in my life. Was just in Cincinnati at Go Bananas, had great shows, had a great time, uh, had some friends in Cincinnati. I mean, some of you know uh, Ryan Singer's my buddy, and uh, he's going to be opening for me up in uh, in San Francisco. But, you know, I got out and about. I mixed with the people. Was out there in the Midwest. It is the Midwest, isn't it? I don't know, you know, exactly what people call themselves, Midwesterners. But Ohio, it could have been bad, but it wasn't bad. And I want to thank all the what the fuckers that came out and all the presents some guy brought me a graphic novel of the Allen Ginsberg Howl. A graphic novel and a pair of gloves with no fingers, which I happen to like a lot. I don't know where he knew or how that guy knew that I like gloves with no fingers, but now I got another pair. Thank you. Thank you for all the mix CDs. Thank you for all the guitar stuff, dude. Some guy brought me some string cleaners, some picks, some strings, uh, uh, a mic, uh, you know, the thing that goes on top of a mic, uh, the thing, spongy thing. Is that what it's called? Is, I think that's on, on the label. Mike Spongy thing for the top. Now, windscreen. Thank you for the uh, chocolate-covered bacon. Just what I always need my first night at a, at a road gig. If someone had come, uh, some, a woman brought me some homemade chocolate-covered bacon, and, and that was spectacular. Now, let's get to the case at hand. Friday night, Cincinnati, Ohio, go bananas. I was doing a joke. That was broadly political, folks, broadly, in, in the sense that it couldn't have pushed any real buttons. And out of the a drunken mouth of some fucking moron, I hear, you're a debt mongrel. A debt mongrel. A debt mongrel. That is like, uh, uh, it's, it's almost like he confused his anti-Semitic political slur with just flat-out Nazi horrendous slur. It was an anti-Semitic hybrid, uh, and it was really tough for me to process, but I seem to be in a pretty good giving mood, so... Yeah, I deconstructed his mistake, and I basically instructed him that, you know, if he wants his, his anti-Semitic message to be clear, uh, he should choose either mongrel, which has no real political impact at all, uh, in the sense that it's just heinous, 
and Det Monger, which is a sort of a classic anti-Semitic uh, slur for Jews, but has is a little more loaded when you're in a red state and the Tea Party had the success that it had. So just a you know heads up to you racists, you know try to cons- you know, don't consolidate uh, your racial slurs. Focus, uh, pick one. The, you know I, I'm all for poetic license, but the message was confused. Uh, I think that there would have been more political power uh, in terms of uh, his ignorance to just call me a debt monger and then sort of tie me in with the liberal Jewish uh, elite bankers that that whole thing as opposed to throw mongrel in because that just you know then then the, your integrity as just an angry you know racist patriot uh, is clouded with the fact that uh, you're using uh, Nazi language uh, mongrel race that would be uh, to to uh, attack me so it, you know if any point uh, all all it turned out to be was just uh, just a broadly anti-Semitic and I just think it could have been more political that's a heads up to you racists now moving on uh, with the, the Cincinnati experience the Cincinnati chili thing is bizarre but uh, and I don't know if any of you have traveled there but they're very proud of it uh, those but some people hate it some people look at it as a, a liability to their state uh, and I will discuss another liability to not their state but to a, a state close by but Cincinnati chili is this unique thing and they'll tell you to eat it uh, they being the the good people of Ohio and and I've uh, I've eaten it once before but this time I really you know focused because you know I've been watching my fucking diet just trying to stay a little bit healthy because I want to try to live a little longer than I might anticipate by not clogging my heart with lard of some kind but the Cincinnati chili, it's a weird sort of meat chili made with uh, chocolate. There's chocolate in it, and I believe cinnamon and some cumin. And you can get it, you know, you know I think two ways, one way, three ways, four ways, five ways. I just, the, the, it seemed like the max was six ways. So what you get is a, a bed of spaghetti uh, covered with chili, beans, onions, uh, cheese, and little fried jalapeno wing, uh, rings. What, where did they come from? Some people seem to know what these are, but these little breaded fried jalapeno rings were probably one of the greatest inventions. They're just little fried wheels, little wheels of jalapeno. And I, th- I think arguably uh, equally as, as big and important an invention as the actual wheel. They were fucking spectacular. Those were some high points of, uh, of Cincinnati. Uh, had a good time all around. And even what you would consider to be a low point I had uh, I had a very I I, I I went to the big creation museum. Now I'm not going to get thoroughly into it because I recorded the whole thing, and I'm hoping to uh, to to build an episode around it so I will flesh it out a little more. But I will say that I, I went down there with Ryan Singer and Jeff Tate and uh, and uh, Ryan's uh, friend Megan. We drove down, and this is a pilgrimage a bit. It's in Petersburg, uh, Kentucky. It's about a half hour away from Cincinnati. And I knew, look, I knew yeah, it's 25 bucks to get into this place. And I'm, you know, I'm not stingy. I'm not a debt mongrel. And I knew that that money would go directly towards promoting cultural retardation through propaganda uh, based in a Christian ideology that is, is not really has nothing to do with with Christianity, but but it, it's 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 it is what it is. And I knew the money was going to that, but I've spent money on worse things. You know, I, I do buy, I don't, I'm not as clear as I should be on, on companies in terms of buying. I, you know, I, I tend to buy things from L.L. Bean. I'm not sure where they're at, but nonetheless, so we're driving. I even offered to pay for these dudes because I didn't really want to go alone. 
And I got to be honest with you, it is a big, beautiful museum down there in Petersburg, Kentucky, the Creation Museum. And it is worth going to. There, there was a lot of things going. There's part of me that's like, I want to see, you know, I want to, I want to see how the enemy thinks. I want to see, you know, who these people are. You know, I want to, you know, I want to, you know, I want to get in there and you know, make a fool out of them. But I am, I was amazed. Millions of dollars went into this thing. There's animatronics, there's displays, there's architectural models, there's scientific pictures, and without getting, you know, too far into it, the entire thrust of the Creation Museum is to get people to entertain or accept uh, or confuse them into believing that dinosaurs and human beings cohabitated. Not little dinosaurs, big ones, big dinosaurs. That is the really the entire thrust, is to dismantle the evolutionary science and the carbon dating science and, 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 and the theories that you know, have sort of built the education around the, the evolution of, of species and the, you know, the dating of artifacts and rocks. They want to really, all this effort, you know, and they do it to kids. It's all designed so it's very kid-friendly. They just really want you to walk out there and say, I don't know, I, you know it seems like uh, you know, Adam could have pet a dinosaur. I mean, you know, because before you know, they they didn't eat uh, meat then; they were all fruit eaters. They just want you to walk out with that space closed up in your head. The gap between man and dinosaur, which is you know millions and millions of years. They just they want you to leave, you know, with that gap closed, which would make it more logical. Uh, their argument that the world is you know a few weeks old. That's the entire agenda of it. That's there's no real religion in it other than, you know, historical religion related to the Bible. And the thing that really fascinated me was like I have to assume that most of the people there were people that couldn't even accept that our president is from this country. Now, I may be generalizing and I may be judging them, but I'm assuming that a lot of people could not accept our president but were willing to accept that uh that we we romped with T-Rexes at one point in our history. That's interesting to me. And I have to be honest with you, and I'll, I'll, I've got more you know, stories about this, but I want to save it for the, uh, for the Creation Museum podcast. Uh, but I didn't leave angry. This was the weirdest thing that happened to me there, was that I did not leave the Creation Museum angry. I left gloriously embarrassed for our country but proud to be an American because I realized driving away from that thing that it couldn't happen anywhere else. Yeah, it's dangerous. Yeah, it saddens me that, that this, this uh, you know, ideological and propagandistic momentum is, is alive in this country. But I don't know, you know, the fight is ours to fight on both sides. And, you know, we live in a country that enables this kind of stuff and a lot of money went into it. And apparently... Uh, which is not, I'm not defending it, but, but there was a, Noah, you know, apparently had a Russian accent. Uh, it wasn't unusual for Noah to refer to, uh, to talking Noah, to refer to dinosaurs as dragons, you know, for the kids. And, uh, you know, it's, it's dangerous stuff, but it was very well done, dangerous stuff. On the show today, Jesse Klein, uh, many of you may know her as a stand-up, but she's also a writer uh, from Michael and Michael. She did a little stint on SNL, was once a Comedy Central executive, which I need to talk to her about, uh, a, a good friend, 
Uh, we've had our, our problems like I do with some people, but not deep problems, and she's lovely, and she's going to be on the show today. I get a lot of emails like, you know, where are the chicks? Where are the women? Don't you like women, Mark Marin? How come not more women? Well, uh, Jesse Klein is a woman, and, uh, and she's swell. So that's happening. Quick email. This is from Corey in San Francisco. Uh, hi, Mark. Blah, 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 blah. So a few weeks ago, you did a show in Vancouver, and a guy sent an email telling you that he was blowing off a camping trip with his girlfriend to see you. Then after half a dozen jokes about her fucking someone else, you realize that he wasn't in the audience and the happy ending was blown. Well, this weekend, I'm blowing off sex to come see you. We're, are we under attack? Do you hear that? Everybody under the desk! Everybody down! I had plane tickets to go home to Ohio to see a girl, but when I heard you were going to be in town, I immediately bought tickets to the show, not realizing that my airline tickets were not refundable, and although 300 bucks is a lot of fucking money to me, my best friend is in town, and you are too. I'm choosing you over good pussy, Mark. Be proud of what you do. And including the tickets to your show, the weed I'm going to buy and hate, and the unrefunded plane tickets, I'm going to spend like 400 plus dollars to see this show. This is all true, by the way. So, hey, I was hoping if you wanted to prove your loyalty to the fans that care about you, maybe you could give a shout out to me. Maybe say hi. You know, quite honestly, Corey, I I feel that I should blow you. That, you know, you put a lot of money into this and I and I just, you know, if, if you want, you know, I, I mean, you say right here, good pussy, $400. If you want it, let's see how it goes. You know, maybe we'll make out after the show. Would that be enough? It's not my thing, but it's it, there's a lot of pressure here. Okay? So make sure you introduce yourself to me. All right, break out those cookies. All now right. that we're on mic, I think it's important that Wait. Jews break cookies on the mic. <laughs> but you have to... All right, you, give me... I did a thing. Oh, you did a thing. Oh, she's a, she's a little kind of a confused, sad rabbit. Yeah, that's okay. Sorry, I had to cancel those other times. Oh, sorry, I had to cancel those other times. You're trying to, you trying to get in, you know, make nice. I am trying to make nice. This is very, this is this is what Jews do. This is what Jews do. Although I will say that it they bring me, cookies. It took me so long to get here that I was like, I'm gonna have to fucking crack open those cookies. <laughs> There's gonna be like, I'm gonna a, have to cancel again <laughs> and eat the cookies. I'll just be found on Eagle Rock Boulevard. It's, Holy shit, monstrous! They're monst, they're well, monstrous size hamantash. There's other ones under there. That yeah. was just for the Jewish presentation. Is this possible. poppy or prune? Uh, I think it's prune. But then there's I mean, other, there's more tasty things at the bottom. Got, there's got to be a rug in here, I know it. Fuck. <laughs> oh, yeah. Uh, <laughs> Rug West Central. There's like basically, there's, there's a synagogue in the box. <laughs> there's a synagogue after services. This is the part of the synagogue that we all looked forward to. Yeah, this was the it's part. It's like soon we'll have these. Yeah. I'll just touch every cookie in here. This one looks like no, a cinnamon apricot. You want to eat one. No, I will. I will. Actually, I'll start now. Yeah, you've, I didn't, but you're not all Jewy. Aren't you half Jew? Are you kidding me? No. No, Mark, I'm like shocked. Yeah. I can remember if you were one of those half Jews that calls himself a Jew. Now Jesse Klein with like a... I know. The most beautiful schnauzer in New York. (laughs) I know. Yeah. Come on. You look Jew. Jew face. I know. Did you grow up up in New York City? I I can't remember. I did grow up in New York. Oh, that's right. Your parents have that place forever. Yeah. And... So you live next door to your parents in I an apartment. I live next door to my parents in an apartment. Do you still? Yeah. 
That must be horrendous. Um, I feel like it's more horrendous for them. I think like because you're like, what's for dinner? Yeah, what's in the fridge? Literally once a week, I'm just like, what are you guys doing? Really? Yeah. And do you go over there and go in the fridge? You've got your own keys and yeah. And uh, and is your room over there, the one you grew up in? Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> do you ever go in there and curl up with your animals? Well, <laughs> what's in your old room? Well, I mean, keep in mind that I grew up. I feel like when you tell people that you like, oh, these grew cookies up are in good. Man- oh, they're not bad, right? There's like a chocolatey one. I feel like when people, when you tell people you grew up in Manhattan, you know, or downtown, they picture that you're sitting in like a ten thousand square foot loft with like streaming sunlight, and your parents are like playing bongos, and your parents <laughs> are the Kennedys or something like oh, early yeah. Kennedys. Yeah. But um, uh, it was a very, very tiny apartment, so. Or else I think you grew up on the Upper West Side in some sort of huge four through yeah, 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 a classic yeah. nine. Or yeah, whatever, classic nine. Whatever the fuck. They I don't call know those. which number is the classic number. I don't either, but I know classic that classic six. Yeah, I just know that there are people that live in those places in New York. Yeah. and you walk by and you look in their windows. Do you ever have that in New York where you walk by and you just see like, like a corner of a bookshelf and a plant and a window, <laughs> and you're like, oh, my life would be so yeah. much better. You see like a chandelier and like a very loved fern. Yeah, and you're like, that's where I need to live. Yeah. Everything works out in that apartment. Yeah, yeah. Those are white people. And now, what are you doing out here? You're pitching things? I'm pitching things. So you go into a room with some executives. I go in a room. I you go, hey, I, hi. Yeah, hi. And then, you know, it's like... We love you. You have like... We love you. Wait, wait. Here's Josh. 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 Josh, get in here. Yeah, Jesse's here. Josh. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. We Sorry I'm late. Sorry I'm late. I'm Do you sorry. want this Pinkberry? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then there's like a funny like... And they all sit there with these weird smiles while you tell them what your idea is. Yeah. Did you get laughs But the there's room? there's always like the awkward transition from banter to the pitch where it's like... <laughs> okay, here. So, all right. I guess we're starting. And it's like... It's always like a very hard break hit. It's never, it's never. Flowing. It's all sociable, and now all of a sudden, like, all right, okay. It's basically like the show is. So we're done pretending. Yeah, that we like each other. So just start pe- talking, right? And they have people come in all day long, all yeah. day long. You're just one of a parade of people. It's like bring the clowns in, yeah. let them dance. I remember years and well, years and well, go ahead, plural years, years and years ago. I was pitching this other thing, and I went, and the first pitch I had. Was it CBS? Uh-huh. And, you know, it was like pitch season, mm-hmm. you know? And um, and I was, like, going in with my little posse. <laughs> and then someone was coming out the door with their posse. And I just remember as they walked out the door, I heard the, I heard the guy go, nailed it. And I just knew he hadn't nailed it. <laughs> I was like, it. that guy did not nail it at all. And <laughs> you don't want to mention names? <laughs> oh, I don't know. Some, it was some rando. I have no idea. A, a rando comic? Some it wasn't. A, I mean, who knows? Yeah, yeah, who knows yeah. Who it was? I genuinely don't know. Now, okay, let's get right down to it. Yeah, here we're gonna. Now we're doing the exact same thing. So let's start. Yeah. Now I, you know, I've got no beef with you. I know you canceled a while, and I did. Um, for for transparency's sake, I said fuck her. I mean, this is twice. I know it was bad. Yeah, you it know, and on two days notice, you know, you know, and in my mind, I'm like low priority. The uh, no, WTF? No, high priority. I just drove. I just risked my life to get here. Yeah, I, I know. literally it's tough. risked it's it. Tough. Yeah, with the Indians and whatnot. Well, for me, driving is just a dicey. It's a dicey proposal. Because you grew best. up in New York, and when did you get your license? I got my license after I moved to L.A. So I spent a year of not driving. When here. the fuck were you here? I lived here from 2005 to 2008. I didn't hear from you. 
I didn't know you were here. I didn't hear from you either. You didn't hear. You didn't know I was here from 2005. I to think like we, we, we've you know we've known each other a long time, and I feel like no matter what city we're in, we see each other with the same frequency, well, which I, is look, like every six months. All right. Well, you know, I tried to make that different, but whatever. Mark Marin. I didn't. What you know, does that mean? Nothing. I mean, oh, I come on. I think you knew how much I was in love with you <laughs> when you were a child. When I was a child, working at Comedy Central. Oh God! Oh my God! Mark, I think I sent you like an incredibly honest, nice email. Oh right, yeah. Because I think like immediately after I uh, my wife left me, I'm like Jesse. <laughs> what's happening? What do you say you and I start a really horrendous dysfunctional relationship? Yeah, I don't know. I don't know I'm why. prime. I'm fucking broken hearted and angry. Isn't that up your tree? <laughs> yeah. Now. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> and you, you did send I me. I just, I licked my paw and then I, and then I licked my, and then I brushed my paw against my ear. <laughs> yeah. And then you wrote me an email saying, I don't think that would be a very good idea. Well, I, but it was, here's the thing. Yeah. It is genuinely, genuinely. Yeah. I have always looked up to you. No. A lot. Mm. Oh, let's not come on. Okay, let's not right. spiral. I can take it. Let's not spiral I can down take the stairs. It. I can take it. And um, and I feel like it would be very weird. Uh, yes, you had just gotten divorced, and you immediately <laughs> were like, "Hi, Jesse." Yeah, it was. Which like, is, I think, a thing that divorced guys do. Because that I actually, forgot about that. That, that actually, like, it was really literally. It was. Within, uh, it was very, very soon after. Yeah. Like you had a mark on your wedding finger. Yeah. Like yeah. an imprint was still there. It was like oh, yeah. still cooling, yeah. like a full, pie. Yeah. Like a pie on a windowsill. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I appreciate that you said that. It was the right thing to do. Because I. Obviously, I'm attracted to you. You're an attractive person. It would be right. very easy for me to have like a to be like, yeah, I'm gonna, yeah, I'm, I'm gonna, gonna do this. I'm gonna do this. <laughs> well, I wasn't gonna say do this, yeah. but you said do this. Let's see if you can ruin my life. <laughs> Things are going pretty well yeah. for me. You know what? A place for everything and everything in its place. That's and now right. it's time to have sex with Mark Marin. <laughs> yeah, that'll be a good idea. Yeah, I, if I, I have this little Jenga tower stacked up. <laughs> And yeah, now yeah. I'm going to just pull this plug. I want to get into that bus. <laughs> yeah. The sex with Mark Marin bus. Yeah. But, um, but this is weird, though. But going back, like, there was some weird thing about, uh, for me, like, because you were working at Comedy Central. I worked there for a long time. And when you were, like, young. I was very young. And you were a talent executive. I, I was a talent development executive. And yeah. and then all of a sudden, she's out doing comedy. And then there was a period there where there was some crossover. There was a double life. It was so weird. And there was a part there where it's sort of like she's a double agent. I was a double agent. I told, I was from Russia. I did you feel that? Yeah, I felt very weird about it. I felt, uh, I did it for too long, but um. But like you would see, you would like take meetings with comics <laughs> and sit there behind that desk and have them pitching at you. Yeah. And then you'd be at the club later. Well, it would be like they'd pitch me and I'd sort of be like judging it and I'd have to be like well and then afterwards I'd be like can I do a spot on your show oh it was weird but, but did you feel resentment from them I mean outside of me I oh, I um I don't think I ever felt resentment but I think I was because everyone's very nice but I think I was very I was very aware that that would be a potentially justifiable thing for people to feel, or at least to feel weird. What were you doing at Comedy Central? I mean, how'd you get that job? Why was that? Uh, why that job? Um. Well, I'll tell you. How old were you again? Nineteen. Twenty. <laughs> yeah, I was thirteen. I was like a child laborer. Right I after was, your bar mitzvah, I was putting socks <laughs> yeah. together. I was putting hangers on socks. <laughs> that job was a bar mitzvah present. It was. Yeah. Instead of a nose job, <laughs> I got a talent executive job. Um, no, I, I, um, I'd always really loved comedy. I was like a big comedy nerd and I always wanted to do comedy, but, um, you know, when you're a kid, I don't know what your thing was, but 
that seemed just like, well, that's not a thing. How would I possibly do that? You I, know? I wish I had thought that. No, I, yeah, I you thought it was a thing, and you started it's much earlier than I did. I, I, I started, yeah, I guess in college or right after college. Um, but I, you know, my, that was not like a, you know, my dad was a, a probation officer, and my mom was a public school teacher. And um, so you, it was either jail or, or <laughs> something more disciplined. Yeah. For you? Well, it was it was more like, um, you know, it <laughs> felt like we didn't have like a ton. No, I don't want to get like Dickens about it, but it was, you know, there was a lot of pressure to do well and to be financially secure. And, and I still I still fuck that up because I didn't it wasn't like I went to school to like be a banker or a lawyer. I was like, so, you know, to be financially secure, I was an art history major at Vassar College <laughs> and um, <laughs> just really button that shit down. OK, so here you are working at Comedy Central, Vassar right. educated. I have Vassar educated, so I didn't know you're, what I was going to do. You're a pretty Jewish girl, oh. all smarty pants, yeah. art history major, working in a Viacom company that produces shit. What? Yeah. <laughs> well, I'll say it just... Just to, uh, That's the old Comedy Central. Of course, the new Comedy Central is very good. Oh, it's 2.0 over mm-hmm, there. Mm-hmm. Tosh. Yeah. Um, no, but just because people do ask me this question, I got the job because I, I was working at a video store at Allen's Alley on 9th Avenue. If you ever need... Uh, they're very good. It's a very good. On 23rd and 9th. Yeah, I know where that is. Um, you can also get vintage furniture in there. Oh, um, nice. That's a, a lot of people. That uh, makes sense. If you want Fiesta <laughs> wear... Well, it's really funny because the guy who owns it... It's an old um, queen? No, 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 no. He's a, <laughs> Why is he he's a fiesta wear? Uh, he likes antiques. All right. Um, but his love of it, it's his video store, and he has a mate. It's like he has very cool move. It's like Kim's without the attitude. He's very nice. Sure. But then his love of antiques, like, took over. It's sort of greater, it seems like, than his love of the store. So there would be times where, like, someone's like, where's Jumanji or something? Yeah. I'm like, yeah, it's behind the armoire. Like, <laughs> Everything, literally, the new release section is behind like a very large heavy armor. Be careful! Yeah, be careful. That's real. Um, and we used to rent. There was um, I don't know. I don't want to. Well, whatever. It's uh, it's in Chelsea, so like a lot of gay guys. It's a family video store for gay guys. No, for families. Oh, okay. But then there's a large gay clientele because sure. of where it's located. But because it's a family video store, um. Like when people were, and this isn't just this isn't just for gay guys. Whoever would be renting porn, right? Whether gay or straight, mm-hmm. um, they couldn't say the name of the title. They had to write it on a piece of paper with a little golf pencil that we had at the counter. So uh-huh. like someone would come in, uh-huh. they'd peruse the section, uh-huh. and you know I am like at that point nineteen or twenty years uh-huh. old. I worked there during college and uh-huh. then right after. Yeah, and so they'd come up and hand me a piece of paper that would say like butt mops you know and like butt mops too and then like electric buttaloo and i would have to go back and i look and the funny thing i mean i'm I'm not a really a porn viewer but i guess to me it would be all the same but like butt mops would always be out or whatever it was called like there was popular ones it's like we don't have casino and we don't have butt mops (laughs) when you were doing that i always wondered that back when you had to rent porn and you just you didn't have to get it for free yeah dirty or porn now, did you like judge the guy? How do you say so? I like, enjoy, um, have fun, you guys. I mean, and- it was like amusing. I wasn't really in judgment of anybody. It was more. I felt. I mean, I still like. I'm 35 now. I still can't buy condoms. Like I, you know, I can't. I so just like that feeling of like someone staring at you. So I felt bad. Like I would feel, I was very aware of not like I, I was very good at being stone faced. You can't I buy was, condoms. No. So no. what do you what do you do? You send someone just else? Just raw dog, Mark. 
<laughs> bareback. Just bareback. All the way. Just, you know what? Life's about risk, Mark. <laughs> <laughs> so you can't buy condoms. I can't buy condoms. Because you can't I'm ashamed. Look. I'm ashamed. I'm still ashamed. Like, my whole act is sort of about, like, sex stuff, and I can't. I just feel, I don't know. I also think it's the guy's job. Yeah. I feel like. But what if they don't have condoms? Are you like, I'm not going to fuck you? Uh, it depends on who it is. <laughs> Bill Clinton, fine. Sure. Sure. Do whatever. what you need to do. Do what you need to do. I don't care. <laughs> Have a good time. I will ne- I'll never tell us. <laughs> of course not. <laughs> Very well behaved. Mm. Uh, no, I don't know. I feel like women, you know, we, uh, by the time we see you, we have worked so freaking hard. We've spent so much money. Our lives are generally worse than yours. All are, you know. What are you talking about? Well, women make 75 cents on the dollar, all that stuff. I'm just saying that guy, like. You don't run in the regular world. You're not I part am of the, in re- the regular world. What do you mean? You're I just show drove business. to Eagle Rock. You're in show business. <laughs> I am barely in show business. You're in show business. You hang around with show business people, responsible, <laughs> yeah, creative it, types. Makes it sound like it's me and like. Uh, well, I, I'm including. You know, I'm including guys with ben beards. Ben Vereen is my best friend. What? Did, did you fuck Ben Vereen? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> In fact, I... Did he have a condom? <laughs> Did Ben Vereen bring a condom to your house? He, he has one always on. <laughs> that's the kind of guy he is. No, but I mean... I that, barely I mean, know That seems that crazy that you're defending this uh, this posture that it's the guy's job because women make less money than to buy condoms? No, it's not about the finding... I'm just saying, like, we have the things we do. Mm-hmm. I'm going to whack stuff. I'm going to go to the gym. Sorry. I don't know why I'm... Mm. <laughs> go ahead. Sorry. Yeah, you're going to go to the gym. I live in the world. Yeah, I know. Yeah. <laughs> Beast. <laughs> um, no, my it's a constant battle. But, I, um, I think I, I, I heard you tell a story about that, too. Do you do a story on stage about waxing? I, I talk about pubic hair. What is that about? Um, I, it's just like I don't know what I'm supposed to do with it anymore. Oh, really? And I don't know what guys' expectations are. Well, I mean, What's you wanna, your expectation? Do you want to talk about it? Uh, sure. Okay. Um, <laughs> you literally just like pull down a Murphy bed and like yeah. lie on your side. Let's see what you got. <laughs> take, it, take it off. So many Murphy beds come down. You get over there. I'll be over here. <laughs> so many yeah. mirrors. Holding a hat so, over my crotch. So many hand mirrors and Murphy beds just appeared in this little place. I'm going to redirect. I'm going to redesign the garage to accommodate this sex palace <laughs> we're talking about. No, I mean, I think uh, I like a little hair there myself. You do? Yeah. Good. Are we good? What? <laughs> um, <coughs> well, I just, I mean, here's the thing. I don't know. It's like, you know, I i am old enough that I remember. Having hair? Like, it's just like you're, you know, over time, it's like there's like a tipping point for like what is expected. And like, I remember, I mean, I grew up in the village or whatever, so I might have been a little bit more pushed. But in general, like, when I was a kid and you look at women, like, no one, like, de facto had, like, a pedicure. Right. You know what I mean? Right. Like, no one's... And now it's like, if you don't have, like, your nails done, you're, like, a a beast. Yeah. You know? And, like, and in thongs, you know? Like... Yeah. There's, like, when are those decisions made? And with, yeah. like, pubic hair... Like, I remember on, on Weekend Update, they did, like, a very funny thing about that. And Amy Poehler said, like, pubic women's pubic hair used to look like a New York pizza slice. Yeah. <laughs> it's just, like, the <laughs> biggest triangle. <laughs> and, you know, it's funny because um, I, I Googled, I Google image, like, those naked photos of Madonna and Playboy, like, mm-hmm. her Playboy spread. Or, oh, no, yeah. it's not her Playboy Penthouse. spread. Those one they found from when she before she was famous. Or maybe she was a nude model just for an artist. Right, right. And her pubic hair goes from her 
it is like she's sitting on a hair saddle. Like yeah. it goes, <laughs> it is a hot, and you're, and it's funny because you're like, we all see, it's like, she obviously, I can't imagine has like a stitch of hair left on her, but it's like, we know. Yeah. <laughs> like that's, you had that. You'll, you're, yeah. it's, oh, it's always there. Yeah, yeah. The roots are always there, internal. Yeah. I, I find that uh, if it's a full shaved um, thing, that uh, sometimes, depending on the situation, might be a little too much information. Yeah, really? Like a turtle farm? Well, I mean, I I like it, but it it just seems awkward on a woman of a certain age to not have any pubic hair. Yeah, it starts... Yeah, leave something there. Well, and it's all... I mean, I guess for... You don't have to have stripes, but you maybe... (laughs) Maybe one stripe, Star David. one big stripe, Star David for the peeps, the tribe. <laughs> mm. uh, I just think it's, I don't know, it feels a little weird if somebody, if I would, it's hard to feel like if a guy is into someone having no hair, it's like the child thing. It's like weird. Yeah, I don't ever think of that, Pre-pubescent. though. I've heard that before, that there's, a, but you know, let's, let's be honest. You know, anyone over 30 who's got a shaved pussy you're, you're not going to say like, oh, my God, you're 12. Yeah, I mean, it's just not going to happen. I guess it's not going to happen, but it's still. We're going to be like, nice try. Could you do something? Add something to that, please? There's like a, a spinny hat, like a propeller hat on it. It's trying so hard to be young. I think it's. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Like a, there's yeah. like a Catholic school girl. Exactly. Skirt I just saw hanging. that. Like, well, that's not so bad. Then. If you add the skirt, then I. But uh, how do we get on this? I don't want to be this person. Whatever I guess that I talks am. about this. Well, it's just we've now you, we've you been do into talk it for about sex a lot on stage I now. I do. I do. When, when did that shift occur? Well, because you used I... to be really smart and family, you know, <laughs> and and you're sort of like a comfortable oh, nerd, and yeah. all of a sudden it's like there's Jesse, potty mouth Jesse, talking oh, really? about her pussy. No, oh, Mark, I'm kidding. That's not true. It's not true at all. Um, you, you, do, true. you do smart pussy material. I do. I feel like, well, like Nick Kroll used to call, like he at one point called me um, the dirty nerdy. <laughs> dirty nerdy. Dirty nerdy. And I was like, yeah. And then I feel like I've been trying to do a thing where I like, I'm like, people say that I'm a sexy librarian, but I feel more like a bookish whore. <laughs> <laughs> That's good. We've gotten very funny over the years. Um, well, thanks, Mark. There's, There's a, a lot coming from you. Well, it there, took me a long time. I'm just starting. Well, there was a point where, where it was sort of like, you know, I'm not going to accept her. She was an executive at Comedy Central. <laughs> That's what she is. She's an executive. She'll always be that. Yeah, there's no way she's getting out of that. And then uh, you got funny. Well, it took me a very long time to get out of that. I worked there for seven years. But, I mean, what... But when you went into work for at comedy, you just wanted to be part of comedy in general. Was always the intention to eventually write comedy? Did well, you want to produce comedy? I mean, what were you thinking? I over had there? no. I what did you even fucking do there? What? <laughs> Shh. I'm sorry. Nothing. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, mean, I don't even know what a talent executive. No, is. I don't know. Well, this was the thing. I didn't either. I I was working at the video store, and then I was like. I spent a lot of money on college uh, to be here. And I, I was going to, I was like, well, maybe I'll apply to graduate school, which is what you do when you have no idea what you're doing. Sure. And then I was like, well, in the meantime, I'll, I'll temp. And I temp, I started temping at Comedy Central in the HR department. And um, what happens in those? See, I've never worked in an office oh ever. What's a human resource? Uh, I mean, what does it mean? Because I need someone to explain it to me because I, I don't I just I'll, really don't fucking know. Well, I don't really know. I either. don't know how to behave in an office. I don't know what and how an office works. I don't I didn't know. It was all very new, but it was like uh, apparently whatever happens there, their expectations are very low because as a temp, like I remember my first day there, 
Maybe they gave me two things to do in one day. They were like, put this in this folder and then put the folder in the drawer. And I was like, okay. And go and sit I, down. And I, yeah. <laughs> and it's like Blair Witch. Then go look in the corner. We'll kill the next one. And, uh, but I was like, so I put the thing in the folder and I put the folder in the drawer and they were like, thank you so much. You're amazing. And I was like, I am. And uh, they're just like, you realize how like low expectations are. And then are they went offices. and told the talent department. Well, no, there so, is a girl here. Oh my God. The word stunning comes to mind <laughs> there. No. Well, I, my job, I was temping. This is so like meta, like mirror in a mirror. Uh, I, I was apparently like this girl was on vacation or out or dead or whatever. I was temping for the girl who placed temps. Um, like when people from the company would call human resources because they needed a temp. Oh, okay. I was the temp. <laughs> like my friend, my friend described it as like when you see a dog carrying its own leash in its mouth and you're like, it's walking itself. Like that's what I did. And so I worked there for a couple of weeks. I was just blowing their fucking minds. And, um, and then one With day. With your ability to put folders in oh drawers? Oh my God. I learned what a Pendaflex folder is. It's what? the kind that hangs. Oh yeah. Um, I, yeah. I have yeah. some of those on the floor. Four years of our history. <laughs> nice. Oh my God. Um, so one day I got this call from um, Chris Young and Belisa Balaban, if you remember them. I remember Chris Young and I remember, yeah, I do remember them. Yeah. Sure. yeah. So those are people. So they called and they were like, hi, we, um, we just fired our assistant. We need a temp. And, I, you know, I like conspiratorially look around. I'm like, I'll do it. Yeah. And um, <laughs> but I didn't even know. I didn't even really know what development was. But did you tell the people in the office, like, I just tempt myself out to, <laughs> yeah. you need to hire another temp. <laughs> Temp dispatcher. It was like er the place just burst into flames from <laughs> from the weird energy. They closed human resources. <laughs> yeah. It got too complicated it for anyone to understand. It just got too like the internet started <laughs> at that moment. And um, yeah, and so I went up and I, I was temping for them. And I got, I sort of sniffed out. I'm like, this feels better than human resources. There's like tapes, VHS yeah. tapes lying around. Comedy. There's everyone has a TV at their desk. And uh I was like, this feels this feels better, and um, but me and meanwhile, you know, I'm like basically showing in all the candidates for the job, like who are coming to interview, and I worked there for a couple weeks, and it was like a similarly low expectation deal where they would tell me to do something massively simple, yeah, and I would, you know, can you put this peg in this hole? Yeah, the round yeah, goes in the yeah, round, yeah, and then I would do it, and they were just like. Brilliant. Oh my God. Oh my God. You and should be making television. <laughs> yeah, you should be changing. <laughs> you should be making decisions about who we You should be smashing dreams. Yeah. And, um, and so, and then they, yeah, and I was like, very quietly one day, I was like, please, sir, oh, I'd like to try. You know, I was like, can you dance without your glasses on? And, uh, and to then. Chris Young, you said that? Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So I interviewed them and they, and, uh, but I really did love comedy. And actually, I very clearly remember. Um, you know, like one of the things they were going to want to talk about was like, what stand ups do you like? And I, I did love stand up, but I had been in college and I hadn't been uh, sure, like you're, around. You're busy experimenting with lesbian stuff. And, <laughs> yeah, know, I trying was to like, figure out. I was touching on top and, <laughs> and um, just once, just once. Um, more of a massage mark. <laughs> yeah, okay. But um, we're friends and yeah. it was weird, but we're still friends. She just had a baby. And um, <laughs> you don't talk about it. No, we never. It's never been discussed. Okay. Uh, there's a piece of paper like buried in a Vassar lawn. <laughs> so you tried. Yeah. What are you going to do? The vow. But. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I don't even know what that means. But um, so I remember I was like, I better go 
see like what's the cool stand-up show and I think like what I you know I just needed to know what the scene was in New York because I was like 21 yeah and I just graduated and I remember I like went on the internet and it was still early for right. internet there so was, was like, just like two web there's still like a hamster in it <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> you had to like yeah. give it corn to yeah. make the internet go yeah and um and I saw like oh uh, Luna Lounge mm-hmm. and then I'm like I'm gonna go to Luna before my interview so I can talk about that and I went and I and you were hosting oh okay. There was a I guy s- yelling there. <laughs> there, was, there was this very compelling individual. <laughs> but I went and you were the host. And I'll never forget it because I was like, I was like, this is this is what I need to talk about. And then the, in my interview, they're like, who are your favorite comedians? And I, had, I mean, I'd watched you on TV a ton mm-hmm. because I used to watch all of those. I watched so much Ha. Oh, yeah. But, uh, short attention span <laughs> short, theater. Yeah, all that stuff. Yeah. That was like all I did. And um, so and I was like, oh, one of my favorite comedians, Mark Marin, blah, blah, blah. And then I got the jump. Um, so I helped. You helped. And then Chris Young you probably helped. said, "Oh yeah, we know Mark." Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> that's what they say. As opposed um, to, in I think lieu it was, of a compliment. I think sure. it was we love Mark. I think it was we love. Oh yeah, Mark. yeah, yeah. We love Mark. We love Mark. He's part of the old regime. We can't give him anything. Oh no, no. no what what year was hippest. that? This was in I want to say like nine late uh, ninety four ninety five. No, this was the beginning of nineteen ninety eight. Really? Yeah. That late? Me? Well, that's my, I don't, my lifetime. But had life. they heard about Luna then? I mean, oh, were yeah, they, yeah. That was It was the already thing. happening. That was like the main thing. Like we went everywhere. That was the beginning of alternative comedy in New York City. Yeah. I don't know. I'm still, whenever I walk by that place. So did York, you even go into, uh, you know, mainstream comedy clubs? I mean, did you, I mean, at that point, was I, it, you, you just went in there only with Luna under your belt? I, well, I mean, in terms of, I mean, again, like I knew... I had watched a ton of stand-up comedy, but I felt like actually the thing that would make me seem cooler was to know about that. Yeah. You know, because it would be so very s- easy to say, like, I love Seinfeld. And I think yeah, they wanted yeah. to go a little deeper, maybe. So you but just, maybe you, not. No, but you said the right thing. I like, she's cutting right. edge. But then I will say, in terms of low expectations, like, so when I got the job, I was so, I mean, I was like, in a way, it was the greatest thing that ever happened, because I was like, this is, you know, it was just a very lucky thing to have this job in New York that was like with great people and being around comedy and um but i so i was so excited and i have this like cubicle and uh it's a mess like whoever they fired sort of deserved to be fired there's like tape it's like papers everywhere and i opened like this giant drawer which should have been the drawer for all this stuff yeah and i remember it was just like 50 cans of slim fest (laughs) (laughs) you took a bulimics place i don't know i don't know i feel like she must have it must have been working so now you're an assistant now quite honestly and i and and i'm i'm being and after this is after however long i've been in show business or whatever you call it what the fuck does a okay? So you started as an assistant, I and then once you, and then you figured out the ropes, and you realized okay, a talent executive just spends her day listening to funny people come in, right, and put on a show for them, and then they talk about it with the other talent executives, and they go, should we bring it to the next guy up? <laughs> right. And Do then, we like this flag? Where's the pole? Yeah. Right. Um, right. And then you're like, I don't know if we should bring it. I, yeah, I'm behind it. Right. And then you're like, well, maybe we should talk to him. Who was the big guy? Who was the next guy up over well, talent executive at that time? Well, first of all, let's. Mark, I'd like to make a distinction. Um, cuz there was talent, which is like the people who like book the pe- like book the stand-up shows. And then there's development where you're developing the shows. So cuz it was two separate departments, Mark. And you were talent? Uh, I was like, well, I was more development. Right. Well, that's that these are who I'm that yeah, I'm more, so people I'm come more in curious ideas, about that. And then what do you do? Right. So but how did you get first of all, how did you move from assistant to talent? Just you just figured it out? From from being an assistant to an executive? Yeah. Oh, I just stayed there. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's what happens. That's how people stayed. move up. And if you don't get into trouble, you move up. Um. Well, 
I mean, you. It's, I think that's basically what it is until you finally, after years, get the big job, and then someone new comes in and they fire everyone automatically, usually. But I did. I stayed. unless you become that person. Who yeah, gets but then even up. that person gets fired. I mean, Jeff Zucker just left, you know, and he's yeah, like I hope he's going to be okay. Company, yeah, and, yeah I, don't I, know. I really hope Jeff Zucker is okay after what he did to the planet. <laughs> <laughs> but um. I mean, it, yeah, it's a very, I, part of the reason, I mean, I did, I, I knew, you know, you look at like your boss's, bo- your bo- your work grandpa. Yeah. And I didn't, I was like, I don't want to be work my work grandpa. I didn't want to be my work grandpa. Um, but this is true. This is like nuts and bullshit shit that I have not talked about. I mean, I've talked to a lot of comics who have, you know, tried to make movies or a lot of comics who have, uh, you know, tried to do this or that. And right. we've all had stories about our, our engage or our encounters with trying to sell things or, right. or with disappointing, uh, uh, deals or whatever, but I don't think I've ever had the opportunity to talk to somebody who was on both sides of this thing. Yeah. And just in terms of, okay, so now you, you're a development executive, which means people like me come in and go, look, I got this idea. It's just me in bed. And <laughs> like I get up, the camera's on, and, and I get out of bed, and then I eat breakfast, and I talk to the camera. It's called Comedy Emergency, and we help people solve problems. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so many comedians solving. It's so ironic how many people pitch like a comedian solving problems because there's no one less equipped to solve a human problem than a comedian. <laughs> like, literally. We can talk about them. <laughs> yeah, talk. Oh, my we God. We got a lot of points. If you want to do a show about talking about problems, there's yeah. no better place to go. But there are so many, like, and then we're going to help them solve their problem. It's like you're barely wearing pants. Like what? <laughs> Whose that's problem is being? That's but that's joke. it. Yeah. That's the layer. On the pants was God. <laughs> solves problem. Um. Yeah. No, but like, okay. D- but tell me the structure because I'm honestly curious. I'll tell you everything you want to know. All right. So you're a development executive, and there's what two or three? Of you. There's two or three of us. Kent Alzerman was the person at who's the time. now the head of Comedy he's, Central. He left he's and back. He returned. He's back. He's back. He's back. Yeah. So, but you're there and you take meetings with comedians who yeah. are going to pitch and you decide yes. who you're going to take, which is most people because that's what you do. Yeah. You listen to people pitch and you, you let them hope that they have a chance. <laughs> yeah. And and sometimes guys are coming and you're like, there's no way. We're, shh. Let's just let him come. Right? <laughs> Hi. Yeah. Do you want some pink berry? <laughs> oh my God, Josh, come in. <laughs> yeah. There's always a Josh. Yeah. Jo- there's always a Josh. Yeah. And uh, so, but you listen to people and then, then what happens after the guy walks out? Uh, the and three then, you sit there. Uh, rarely is there like it's 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 generally like, I I mean I've never had I've never been with a hooker, but I would imagine it's like when a hooker leaves, you just sort of, you just sort of need to blank out. Yeah 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 yeah. yeah. <laughs> no, I don't know honestly. It w- I mean yeah. So the person leaves. I'll I'll like talk about very. So they leave and then like as an assistant, I would keep a little chart. Uh, and we like take like however many pitches all week, and then I would like keep the chart, and it'd be like, well, Mr. X today pitched, uh, you know, comedian helpers, right? And then at the end of the week, you're like, well, what did we like? And then there's like the things that are automatic, like, well, maybe that is not it. Yeah. I mean, a lot of people would come in and pitch things to Comedy Central that Comedy Central would. People were crazy, right? Is there like a cat at the door? I don't know. People were nuts. No. Uh, but then if some if there's people pitching, you mean? People, I mean, there was like a percentage. You know, okay, so there might curve. not be, it might not be right for the network, or it might just be, you know, too crazy. It might be too crazy, but so, then if there was something that was like in the zone, yeah, if there's something in the zone, you have them back, and you 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 sort of, you know, you you tease them some more. Uh, <laughs> it depends. Um, generally, like being in New York, the person in control for most of the time that I was like the person who would be the 
green light buyer giver yeah was like usually in la so then we call la and we'd be like we like oh this and then you fly them out and tease them no you wouldn't fly them out then you would like so you would be like this is a cool thing we want to do like a script or we want to do a thing and they would and then and they go can we have materials. some money and you'd they go no no <laughs> can it be just like half a presentation can <laughs> yeah. they just like um take a polaroid can, can, we'll give you money for puppets yeah can you, can you, can yeah you, is this anything that right. involves? So, what like shows dog? came uh, came to be under your watch? Under my well, I don't want to over exaggerate my watch because no, uh, but I mean not watch. I mean what you, you were part of I, that you were there for. I was there. I'll, well, I'll reel off the highlights, so that will take two seconds. Um, Chappelle's show right. happened while I was there, and um, David Tell Insomniac happened while I was there. Okay, and uh, Strangers with Candy, which some right. people love. love. That was like the first thing right that was happening when I got there. So now you're you're doing okay in exactly. Executive. You're on the fast track. Um, there's no. You could have moved right over to HBO no. or do a network job. Yeah, no. And you're no. like, fuck this. I don't no. want any more money. I'm going to be a stand up. Uh, well, sort No. First, none of what you said at the beginning. There's okay. no fast track. There's no network job. I mm-hmm. mean, it was very golden handcuffs. It was right. A very golden handcuffs job because we got. Um, I had like an expense account. Right. And I, I abused it. You did? <laughs> we all That's did. what they're for, aren't they? We all did. I mean, because really? it was also... What does that mean, abused? You paid your rent? I, you no, bought, not bought rent. A car? Not rent, but, yeah. you know, you'd go to, like, a meal. Oh, hell yeah. Like, to, I talked about watching... Uh, sure. The Seinfeld. waiter made me laugh. Yeah. It's work. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> we liked him. There was some of that. <laughs> there was some of that. But, um, but also, when I start, like, when I first started, so this is, like, the beginning of 98, and um, it was, like, when South Park was, like beginning it's like ascendancy from being this weird thing like when i it was like i remember when that video went around the jesus video went around and so it had been it was like the numbers because comedy central before south park was like you know there was stand-up which was good but then show wise it was like benny hill reruns there's a lot of like i remember it was benny hill and a lot of weird shit and then south park came on and all of a sudden and the daily show was on with craig kilburn so that was like the other thing that had like a life. Um, right. I had, a, I had a pilot there in, uh, that was like, it was at that time, like I had a pilot for the Mark Maron project, which was a talk show, you know, after HBO downtown kind yeah. of got pushed out right. when Eileen and Doug came in. Yeah. And that's when they chose the daily show over my pilot. I don't know how much I was in the running, but I remember resenting all of it. Cause yeah. I remember Madeline Smithberg sitting down with me after they, they turned down my show really? and he, she was doing the daily show with Kilborn. Right. She goes, we want to use you. We picture you like crazy, like you're, you're like it's you're an in amazing a, Madeline. You're in a you're in a bathroom stall, and and you're just crazy ranting. <laughs> you're in a bathroom. You're bleeding from yeah, your eyes. Yeah, and she had that weird like loud laugh, which she, I can't quite remember. She is a big laugher. Yeah, she's a good. She's a generous. So laugher. I remember that transition. I remember where Comedy Central was at. So Th- South Park is ascending. So South Park was ascending, and I remember I had been there for like a month, and it got. There was the day that it got, it was like the who is Cartman's father reveal, which was like a big thing. Yeah. And it got the highest like rating a cable show had ever, like a normal, our normal ratings were like a point eight. Right. That would be huge. Right. And this got an eight point blank. And everyone's like, we need more dirty cartoons. Well, literally. And that's when Eileen and Doug were there and uh, well, Doug's still there, but Eileen was there and like. 
like shit like literally like they ordered like people were drinking champagne in the halls and really? like a masseuse came in and i was like <laughs> yeah. jerking people off we're like, <laughs> yes. we did it yeah in the hall yeah in the and, halls. and if there weren't enough masseuses people were just jerking they, off they in the just halls. put down a slip and slide and went yeah. crazy yeah that's when the expense account like no one even looked at the money you were spending because the network was doing You're so flush. incredibly yeah. flush yeah um but for me like i was very money conscious and like and I just, um, you know, I just felt like how could, it just became the handcuff thing of how do I get out of here? Right. Like I started, and it was slow because I started to do stand up, and it's. But why did you want to get out exactly? I mean, I mean, where it was just sort of like you weren't happy, or you knew this wasn't your future, or you had this secret um, bug you needed to do stand up. I had, it was like kind of all of those things, and I think also I realized that to be a development person, I mean, yeah, I wanted to be a comedian and a performer and a writer, yeah. and I also kind of saw. I also went to therapy for years to be able to like become able to to like risk leaving a job and believe that it would sort of maybe work out. But Holy shit. I also saw Good for you. Thank you very much, Mark. But some of um, us are just programmed to fuck jobs up. <laughs> <laughs> you're, you're designed to keep them. I am designed to keep them and then I always quit them. But um but I also saw that with those executives, like I had this false idea of job security and then when you look at that life you realize that actually when you're an executive in that world like your your fate and career is based on so much whimsy because those you're not even really necessarily getting hired and fired on your ability right you know it's just sort of a lot of it is just your networking and and i felt like well and displacing blame and displacing blame it's like very political and so even if you're amazing at what you do Right. It doesn't mean anything. Whereas, like, maybe if you're, like, a good writer and a good stand-up, you can sort of propel yourself. You have realized talents. You that have, people, like, right. a real, you know. And, and then there are some very talented development people, but it feels like you are all kind of um, in the in the spokes of a very um, right. in order to make your fickle talent, wheel. Right. And you got to take chances in a different way. And you got to, you, you yeah. know, you, you have to play that game. There's a game and I hate it. And then, but I, I, so then I was like, well, I could make money writing. Right. Well, that, that's the big transition now, because like, I know you've, I know you've written, you wrote for SNL briefly. I know you wrote for Michael and Michael. I don't know. What, what was the first show you wrote for? The first show I wrote for was on um, the showbiz show with David Spade. Oh, that's right. And yeah. you had a segment on there, too. I had a So now you're like a double segment. threat. Like, I, you know, she can do stand-up. Yeah. And she can write. Oh, big double threat, yeah. And I, I remember you did some segments on that. And that yeah. lasted a little while, right? That show was on, I mean, in terms of you think now, like, shows on any network, but also Comedy Central. It was on, there were three seasons of that show. And you wrote for all of them? I did. And then what What happened after that? And then, um, and then, like, towards the end of that show, my agents were like, you know, why don't you take a take a stab take a brutal stabbing at um like writing for you know like a scripted network show so you wrote you wrote your spec uh what what spec did you write i never you know i never wrote a spec i wrote like a original pilot i wrote an original pilot what was that one about a girl who went to vassar was an art history major (laughs) needed therapy to quit a job (laughs) yeah exactly (laughs) i don't know that might be what i'm pitching this week um (laughs) Uh, I, yeah, I wrote some weird, I wrote some weird pilot. I was like living in the, in a guest house of these like, uh, very nice lesbians. And it was like a, I was just trapped. And so I wrote a spec thing. I don't know. And, um, yeah. So then I went on that crazy, I went on like the crazy 
thing where you go meet with every single layer. I don't know if you've ever done that. Have you ever done that? I'm not a writer. Did you ever? You no. Know, you never had any desire. No, I, I did, but I don't know how to write for other people. I've, I've written pilots for myself. Right. I mean, I can do it. But, but you I, wouldn't want to sit at like I, a I sitcom and no, write No, I couldn't all. separate my ego from it. Like, okay. I would not be able to watch, as a writer, a show being done where they did my jokes without going, that was me. Yeah. I, <laughs> that was me. That yeah. one, the one, the big laugh, me. Right, yeah. Um, yeah, it's weird. Or more like, well, not that you're not talented, but more likely to be like, where'd my joke go? Right, right. Like, what the fuck <laughs> yeah. happened to my amazing joke? And I can't use that in my act, I guess. Yeah. I was hoping you guys wouldn't use it. Yeah. Um, so you met with everybody meaning... You just like when you go and meet on those jobs, they're so it's almost it it feels like adopting a child would involve less meetings than like <laughs> being one of thirteen Jews in a room, you right. know what I mean? To like submit a line per script of an episode of episodic television. Oh, oh so you, oh, you have uh, to the meet, writer's room. Yeah. Right, I mean right. you have to meet with like the network and then the studio and then like the showrunner and then the showrunner mm. and then you they like call your dad or you know yeah, it's yeah, just yeah. very elaborate so yeah. i did that and um and i did not necessarily think i was gonna get one of those jobs and i got one of those jobs on what i wrote on a show called samantha who starring christina applegate on abc how long was that on that was on i want to say two seasons two so, and a half seasons so you go from like writing comedy central show where you, you could do your own rants and also write dave some riffs right wrote dave some spade riffs, wrote some spade riffs yeah and then now you're in this machine now I'm in of machine. a group of people where yeah. you know you, everyone's alone until you have to write your own episode and and you, what you all just add to other people's storylines how does it work uh it works like you sit in a room and you're eating uh you know cliff bar a lot of snacks so many snacks yeah i gained so much weight and uh, uh and that's when you lived out here that's when i lived down here right. um yeah you sit and you break the stories to, as a group and um like someone's you pitch story ideas you're pitching story ideas and then you were like all right we're definitely doing the episode where they get a dog yeah and, right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. and then uh and then as a group you go you figure out every scene of that show and then someone gets sent off to write it and you write it for a week usually and then you come back and, uh, How they choose who writes the episode after everyone else puts it together? It's like it's like a batting order, and then you generally. get it, and that's where you get your credit. That's where you get your credit after you know you know doing the finishing touches on something everybody thought of. <laughs> yeah, that's great. Uh, but you write. I mean, you are writing the script. I mean, you have sure an you just got an outline. Well, that's yeah, interesting. Yeah. See, I never knew that. Yeah, you know, this idea. I mean, some people don't even think that things are written. Some people. Despite no matter how intelligent they are, I think it's a do- like that. It's a documentary about Deborah Messing. Yeah, right. or, or <laughs> she even she just de- says that crazy shit every week. Or even that John Stewart, like you know, just comes out after he sat down yeah. all day thinking of this stuff. Yeah. I mean, that's the amazing thing that you know, relatively intelligent people don't know how this business operates and how, how the, the things are made. And I would have thought that after the writer strike, when nobody could get on television, yeah. you know, they tried to the first couple of days and they realized this is Oops. way too exhausting. Yeah. Oh wait, <laughs> what might, happened? Yeah, they might get a sense that you know writers are necessary essential i think that was one of the the problems i had with even pursuing it outside of discipline was that you're really unsung heroes in a way yeah unless um, you win something or you produce something amazing or you're the showrunner i mean i think the thing the thing and when you say i mean it for me i've had a lot of people over the years i think also when i had this job as a development person i i am happy to talk about it because people really do want to know how do I do this? You know, and people would always ask me like, how do I get into it and how do I get started? And I, you know, I worked on the other side of it for seven years and I still 
like it's all still new to me. I'm like, what does this feel like? Like when I was sitting in a room on a network show, scripted show, and I remember being like, I can't believe I'm here. Yeah, Chelsea like, Peretti just got a gig like that. She's yeah, never she's been on in Parks there. and Rec, right? And so you're, I mean, you know, I was like 31 or something, and I 32, and it's just still like you're kind of like I can't. How am I? What is this? Well, well yeah, and it's I, a very artificial, weird little. Thing and I, it's very odd. And they do, and the thing is that you do work. Very, it's like the number of hours that people work are. Crazy. Oh yeah, it's really it's like doctor's hours. And, and also, I think like even when I talk to young standups, or they ask me, you know, you know, what they should do, or or or, or about getting into standup. I, you know, I never used to say it, but I say it now. Just realize that there's a lot of places where joke writers can fit in. That you know, if you're going to think about a career in show business, you know, think about. You know, at some point realizing that maybe you're not cut out for standing in front of people. Right. Maybe stand behind them. Yeah, exactly. Just stand just behind them. But there's no shame in it because, like you said, I mean, the way it does work is if you get a job once and you understand how to write a package or you understand, you know, and you get good enough representation from your one job to send you out on other jobs, there's a, you know, if you're. Well, yeah. Not only is there no shame in it, there's generally millions of dollars, you know, at the end of it. If you get good at it, you are. You can go go from job to job. Yeah. And you go from job to job. You got good health coverage. It's it's working in. It's actually working in in show business. It's working in show business. Um, Yeah. And there's a there's. Yeah. There is no there is no shame in it. It's a good way to make a living. So you went from there to SNL. I started working on Michael and Michael for Comedy Central. Which was actually a great experience because it was just those guys and me and Kumail Nanjani, if you know Kumail. Yeah, sure. I've interviewed him. And uh, and so it was like I was sitting in a room with Kumail all day. So what could, it was like yeah. super fun. He's and those guy. guys are Funny great. Guy. Yes, yeah. and lovely. And then we both got to act and be in it, and it was great. And um, and then uh, that show ended, and then I started on SNL like uh, Thanksgiving of last year. But what was that experience having to meet with that freak? And which, having to, you know, I, I went through that once. Uh, I which mean, with Lauren. Oh yeah. You know, like having to deal with that. What whole did you thing. do? You were were you a writer on that show? Or no, you? I was up for update or some you know portion of something. I, I don't even know if it was really even. They made me jump through the hoops. I met with him, and it was right. very awkward. Yeah. And yeah, you know, there was. It's very loaded up there. I mean, it's it's you know it's an institution. It's an institution. It's, and, yeah, it's the West Wing. Yeah, and you. And, but they're getting more done. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> you know, exactly, at least yeah. on paper. Oh yeah, shit's getting done every it's week. It's a money machine. It's that, a money I can't, machine. I can't even imagine how much money Lauren Michaels every day. Right now, Lauren Michaels is making a movie, oh making money off of something on television. Lauren, yeah. If there's ever anyone to picture like diving into the Scrooge Tower of gold coins and swimming, yeah. I mean, I, I can't even imagine how much money. He I, I mean, I literally. I'm amazed we have this many cookies on the table where I'm like, there's <laughs> yeah. seven cookies. <laughs> like, I can't. I can eat more. Uh, I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. He um, He's done very well. But yeah, um, good for him. I mean, you know, he's, <laughs> yeah. he worked hard for it. Now, what happened though? Because you left. I left. But I mean, how long were you there? Were you there for like less than a year, right? Uh, well, that wasn't my fault because I, st- I applied at the beginning of the year like everybody else, but they didn't hire me and then they hired me in the middle. They right. hired- well, I missed like the first seven shows. So I came in like in November. Was it? Did, did you not like it? Um. Well, I obviously didn't love it. Um. It wasn't. Um. Because you hear things about how competitive it is, and how weird and cutthroat it is, and how everyone's like climbing over each other to get sketches on um, and align themselves with talent. You know, it's weird because obviously it's. Uh, you know, I mean, I worshipped that show as a kid. Like that was all mm-hmm. I wanted. 
mm-hmm. to do, you mm-hmm. know. And um, and I literally, I remember telling like a teacher in junior high school, like, I want to work on this now. Right. And then as you get older and you start to read books, <laughs> you're like, you hear the stories mm-hmm. and s- you gradually become aware that like, Maybe, you know, there are cats in America and the streets aren't paved with cheese. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) And um, Fievel reference. (laughs) And and so it becomes more like I remember, you know, when it came time to actually get that job, I was like, oh. What's this going to be like? You know, it's almost like. How is this going to disappoint me? Because I've yeah, read the books. It's going to be, yeah, it's going to be like fucking your hero. Yeah, and oh, yeah. yeah. It's disappointing. Yeah, and then your and hero they, gives you herpes. Or they, or they can't get it up. And they they just can't get it cry. up, and then they squirt herpes on you. <laughs> and you're like, oh. And of course, you didn't bring a condom. No, it's his job. It's Lauren's job <laughs> to buy condoms. Yeah. He probably has people to buy condoms for him. <laughs> he probably has people to fuck for him. I. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> There's no no experience has been experienced directly. Mm, yeah, <laughs> mm-hmm. I I will say this. Um, it, I it's actually in terms of cutthroatness and backstabbing. That was I did I did not have that experience because I actually pretty much everyone there is very nice, and they're all friends of yours at this point. You all know, know each other. I know a lot of those people, yeah. and the cast could not be lovelier. Yeah, I and think the that was writers. a different generation. Yeah, I mean, I. I wouldn't describe. They're all really nice, yeah. genuinely. Well, yeah, Mulaney's over there. I Mulaney's talked to guys there. And there. Leo Allen was there when you were there, was he not? Or no, no, Leo had left a little before. Mm-hmm. But um, but so there's no, there's none of that really. Mm-hmm. But it does. I would describe it more for me. It's it's more like Survivor in the sense where helping other like everyone's just very focused on getting through, mm-hmm. and um, as they should be because you, it's very very hard. And for but for me, why did I leave? Um, I didn't. First of all, I will say I don't know that I was particularly great at it. Right. I mean, I think I was Sketch getting better. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I. That's not necessarily like the thing that comes the most naturally to me. Uh-huh. Um, and and I and you do kind of have to live there. I mean, literally, you know, you're working. I think I sort of before I I knew you have to stay really late, but I sort of forgot about the six days a week, like Saturday Night Live. Right. And so you're working six days a week, and then Sunday is sort of like a lost day because you're just in recovery, and you've gotten home at six in the morning. Mm-hmm. And uh, and I felt like I wasn't, like, living a life. I was, you know, and I'm glad I did it, and I made amazing. I'm, and I'm not just being diplomatic. I'm, I'm honestly... I'm really glad I did it. I met amazing people, but I was, it exhausted me. It drained me. And, and I, was, yeah. was stand up part of it? Did you want to get out and do more stand up? I or? did. I wanted to do more stand up. And um, I, I kind of, it was a little bit that same feeling at the end of like being in LA and working on a thing was, you know, I felt like I am old enough now that I should try to do something on my, like make a thing. That's my thing. Create a show. Yeah, or, yeah, something that's, and that's what More you're doing out here? voice-based. Just, yes. Now, your dad being a probation officer, do did you have to meet with him once a week? <laughs> uh, actually, I didn't meet with my dad at all for a while because he worked like three jobs. And I feel, I mean, my parents are still married, but um, he was never, he was working. He like. You didn't have to walk in with a glass of pee and say, I've been good. <laughs> <laughs> I was a very, I never, I was a very good kid. I didn't do any of that stuff. I mean, literally, if he had been my, I mean, I've I, seen you a little drunk before. I do get drunk. Yeah, yeah I'm bad. I'm get, I've been a bad drunk, but I never smoked pot. I never did like any real. I never did. You drugs. haven't done any. 
The one time I smoked pot, it was so, it was not good for me. I, um, I, I'm a hypochondriac and I thought I was having, I remember I like, I forgot how to breathe. Oh, and that's, it was, that's a classic Classic, classic symptom was it classic? classic panic classic stone I had panic. A panic and uh, i was like i can i can inhale but then i stop and how will i exhale and i also i remember i was sitting with a bunch of friends and i thought that i'd peed my pants nice. and i was like i peed my pants you guys did i mean it was the most pussy bullshit did ever. you no i didn't but i felt warm down there <laughs> no oh, sweet are you still a hypochondriac very yeah very much so what do you have today anything i uh, like lumps Mm. General lumps, <laughs> just general lumpiness. Just put a little. Some people meditate. You just go all over I, your body. I just yeah. I just sort of lump like search. I just <laughs> lump. That's the name of my show, Lump Search. That should be the name of your show, Lump Search. Um, That'd be a great name. For I'm anything. better than I used to be because I I've gotten very um, like once the internet came into it, then I'm oh, sure you that's can you can confirm enabler. that you're dying on any given moment. Oh, every a, link, every yeah. link just goes to one website called Death Time. <laughs> yeah, and you see, see uh, yeah, and it's just it's literally adios.com yeah. and ulcerated like, sores. Yeah, and, yeah, uh, every single. I mean, yeah. yeah, and so I've I've I'm trying to be better about not going to the internet. Good for you. Yeah, but I still I still crack. Yeah. You have yeah. to. The one other thing I just want to say that as someone who is on the other side of it, that it, like, I remember the first, like, rejecting people. And when I became someone who had to be, like, literally tell people on the phone, like, we're not doing your thing. Yeah. That that was crippling. And um, and actually, the very first time I had to do it, it was when Craig Kilborn had left or was leaving the daily show and um and it was like the talent search for who's going to replace john or who's going to who's going to replace craig yeah and of course i'm sure i mean i was an assistant i was a dum-dum so i'm sure like john was always the person they wanted but we were instructed like to look at every tape that got sent in and so and yes tape vhs tapes and so many tapes came in it was like so many weathermen so many weathermen sending in their funny tapes. Oh, no. Or people just making a tape in their house. Right. And I watched all of them. I watched all of them because that was my job. And um, and I would, like, talk to all of them because they would call. And it was my, like, I don't have an, ass- I'm the person who answers. Yeah. So um, I somehow started talking to this one guy who had sent in a tape, and he was not an unfunny guy. Maybe he was a weatherman, but he was nice. Like, he wasn't crazy. He was, like, a nice guy on the phone. Yeah. And I was so green that he, you know, he was like, am I going to be the host of the, like, I would like to be the host of the daily show. I was like, yeah. well, I'm looking at your tape. Yeah. And, and, um, and so we had, like, a back and forth where I think I showed it to someone. Uh-huh. And then... And then they were like, no. I mean, whoever was even bothering with this. Yeah. Uh, but I remember, and I was putting off his calls for a while. Like, I let it go to voicemail. And again, this is a normal nice guy. Like, yeah. not a weirdo. Right. Just some guy. And finally, I was like, I have to talk to him. And I picked up the phone. And I'm like, hi, whatever his name was. Yeah. And um, he was like, I was like, uh, so I have, an a- he's like, do you have an answer on my tape? And I was like, yeah, can you just hold on a second? And I put him on hold, and I got out of my chair, and I took a walk all the way around the building, which is like a city block of a building. Uh-huh. Like, I was like, I have to tell I have to tell this guy. 
Yeah. Oh my, I'm about to break a heart. Yeah. I'm going to break a fucking dream right now. Yeah. Like I hold in my hand someone's little jellyfish yeah. of a dream. Yeah. And I'm going to take it and I'm going to fucking throw it out the window and watch it smash to a million pieces. Yeah. And I'm 22. Yeah. Who the fuck am I? <laughs> yeah. And um, and I, so I walked all the way around. He must have been on hold for like at least five minutes, uh-huh. which is even worse. Yeah. And then I got back and I was like, um, I picked up the phone. I was like, I'm very sorry. Um, everyone really liked your tape, but I don't think it's going to work out right now. And then I like threw up in my mouth, you know, and, um, and, and he was, and he was disappointed. Like he was like, oh, really? And I'm like, I'm so sorry. And then we, we got married. (laughs) (laughs) We were together for like seven years. I felt so bad. We had three kids, but I'll never forget it. So. I would just, I mean, that is the thing is like, um, now they don't even tell you sometimes. Oh, that you, oh you literally, I've been, uh, I have been witness to people just never hearing. Yeah. Yeah. Right. And you're like, Oh, you didn't hear. Oh, yeah. I thought that. No, that's oh, not, you didn't hear that every- person's not even here anymore. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> old man McGillicuddy. Well, he burned yeah. down forty years ago. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It's crazy. Well, good for you for having a little mm-hmm. spine, even though it took you throwing up and taking a walk. Yeah, I and then it got super easy. Yeah. Uh, no, yeah. no, so, no. It's not going to happen for you. Yeah, <laughs> no. You're sort of uh, you're mm. sort of medi- No, it was always hard, but that was that was like it was the virginity loss. Oh well, it sounds like you handled it well. Thanks, Mark. It was sweet talking to you. Same. Thank and, you for uh, having me. Sorry about those other times. It's it's absolutely the cookies work. Do they work? Yeah, they always do. And, and I'm not going to let you take any to Jeff Garland tonight because <laughs> you're doing his show. He doesn't eat show. cookies anymore. It's fine. So I'm I'll see you in New York. York. I'll see you in New York, Mark. That is the show, folks. I hope you enjoyed Jesse Klein. Uh, go to wtfpod.com for all your WTF Pod needs. Uh, get on the mailing list, please, because I enjoy doing that, and I want to share that with you. You can do that. You can give us some money, kick us a few shekels, kick a few shekels into the Jew pot uh, by donating. We are a listener-supported show. Uh, obviously, also a bit of advertising supporting as well, and some of that advertising stuff that makes some of you guys feel a little uncomfortable. But uh, JustCoffee.coop is there as well. Punchline Magazine for all your... Uh, Comedy news needs, standuprecords.com. For, uh, he's got a great label over there. Recorded all my CDs. I'm blah, blah, blahing it up. Huh. All right. That's it. Be well. Be well.